Welcome to the Land Jam Podcast, a semi-friendly discussion between two blokes on watches, cars, and everything in between. Now, here are your hosts, Tommy and Sanjeev. Welcome to a Land Jam Short, Loco for Laco. Ooh, yeah, so we're going to cover two watches today, Sanj, right? Uh, yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, two kinds and of watches. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cover, I think, a very under-the-radar release that uh, I hope not a lot of people have noticed because I think it's kind of different. I don't think a lot of people are very familiar with the brand, and the brand is Leiko. Um, they are... A German brand. Uh, they were one of the producers of the famous observer, observation bot watches, you know, the Type A, Type B Fliegers. Um, and this watch is basically a Type A Flieger chronograph. Okay, so obviously the Type A, the Type A, Type B Fliegers were not chronographs. They were observer, you know, flight watches with no chronograph function. Um, but here they've kind of melded the two. So this is a lim- limited edition of two hundred pieces. Um, so like I mentioned, it's a type A Flieger dial with, uh, the interesting thing is from a design perspective, they put the sub dials as subtle as possible. So they have three grayed out sub dials and matching gray day and date letters and numerals. And even the logo is in the same gray. So if you visually look at the watch, right? So like the, the Flieger numerals and the Flieger Flieger triangle are in white, so they pop, right? Mm-hmm. But the actual chronograph functions and the subdials are grayed out, so they kind of recede to the background. They're there if you want to see it and use it, but your day to day, it's a Type A Flieger. Yeah, that's actually which I think is very interesting. Pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, even the day date is matching in that gray, and it's got a it's got the same um, dial color for the for the background of the day date. So everything is kind of um, put to the background unless you need it. So if you want to see the day date, you know, you can focus on it and you, you'll, you can see it. It's visual. And the same for the subdials. Um, but otherwise, it, for your every day, it's, it's, a, it's a type A flavor. Yeah. I mean, we, um, I mean, just to give a, like a two-second spiel on the background of, of Leco, it's, um, you know, it's one of the original, you know, Flieger manufacturers, right? Yeah, I believe they're one of the one of the companies that got the Luftwaffe contract. Yeah. Um, so they have a history. Um... <laughs> they probably don't want you to remember that history. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they're still around, so it's something. Yeah, sure. Yeah. No, no. I <laughs> this is a very clean, extremely clean, no nonsense, like pilot Flieger watch. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it, look, you know, it's, it's got the 7750 movement in there. So it's, 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 it's going to sit high on the wrist. It's, it's almost, um, Fratello says the, the height of the watch is about 14.75 millimeters, right? Yeah. And, and that's the movement probably that's causing it. That's the move. Yeah. You know, it, it is what it is, but you know, the diameter of the, of the case is 42.3. That's what they're reporting. And, Look, you know, it, it goes in a 20 millimeter strap. So I, I hope it doesn't wear as big as it would suggest, right? I mean, it's going to sit tall it no matter what. It looks slender, I must say. I mean, it. Yeah, it, it looks kind of comfortable, you know? Um, I think part of the reason is that there's no bezel 
like it the the, the dial stretches yes. out to the outer parts of the case so there's no really it so it looks big but it looks like um pretty slender if you look at it face front but you know when you when you completely look at the side as you know some of the pictures suggest that it's it's pretty thick yeah and and the, and the case is kind of like a matte it looks bead blasted like right sand blasted yeah yeah exactly i i think it is um i think they're calling it titanium sand blasting nice I, yeah, that's... so they're using a kind of sand or dust and gives it this dark titanium like finish to be honest i think that to uh, me that is the 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 feature of this watch like I, it, it really stands out the case yeah yeah no I, I i agree it's it's very subtle the pushers the crown everything is getting this bead blasted titanium sand bead whatever blasting uh treatment so they're consistently colored which i think is really cool um and and the hands are blued the the hour and minute hand is blued uh like you'd expect in any any flieger so um i think it's really really done tastefully um because as i mentioned it is a visual trick right because when you look at it it's a type a flieger but when you look closer it's actually a chronograph with a day-to-day yeah no it's um it's really i mean we like flieger watches in general right um we do. So just looking at this watch already is a plus. But the way they did the rest, including the case, is is, is very attractive in a very tool uh, watch sense. Um, and yeah, and and they're giving you some optionality for getting the watch, right? So you can get the Valdrius seventy seven fifty in two different grades. There's like a high grade and you know a regular grade. Mm. And they're also giving you two options of the crystal. There's like a double AR coded crystal option as well for a step up in price. But I believe the base is about 1990 euro. That's not too bad. Which is not bad. Which is not bad for a a Flieger watch from one of the original, you know, companies um, made in Germany with a value 7750 movement in there. And it's, it's a limited edition of 200 pieces. I, I think it's a great value. I think it's <laughs> there is definitely value in this. I mean, if this was an IWC pilot watch, Dear yeah, God. double the price Forget instantly. You, you would have to. What can we say? Give up a kidney? I think that's too straightforward. You'd have to steal a kidney for that. Uh, well, I mean, if I have to steal yours, so be it. You know. <laughs> you do that for an IWC. <laughs> <laughs> so the one cool other thing that this watch has is um, the crown. It's got the classic uh, Flieger fat pilot crown that you know, onion crown. Yeah, the onion crown. Uh, it's it's. I think it actually really suits the watch too. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the only thing I would say is, I kind of wish that the lugs kind of bent in a little bit more. Yeah, it is. You know, when it, when you look at the watch, yeah, it sits a kind of flat, like a like a dinner plate, and I kind of wish that it it kind of bent in a yeah bit. i don't know if it'll hug the rest wear a little at bit all, more to be honest with you yeah i'm not sure i don't know um my usual problem with the fliegers is i don't really like leather the leather straps that fliegers come with with the buckles the steel buckles i i, I never got into that so um you know i would probably wear it on a, on a nato i guess but then you're kind of breaking up the whole aesthetic of the fleeger you know yeah so i'm not sure but yeah, I I think it's a great watch. I you know you, you're getting 1940s basic Type A Flieger design with 
chronograph functionality, day date functionality, yeah. and it's done really kind of tastefully. So that's that's my offering today, this, Sanch. That's what that's, I got. That's what you got. Thumbs up. This thumbs is up a you, thumbs just up. Before you move on, this okay. I'm impressed. This is a good find. <laughs> this is this is rare. This is very rare. Right. I'm I'm very pleased with myself. <laughs> well, pleased that you found an attractive watch, or pleased that you impressed me in finding an attractive watch. Well, I feel like if I say B, then you, it's only going to go to your head. So pleased with finding an attractive watch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you have that now. All right. So my sure. turn now. For many episodes, well, just recently, I've been you know kind of putting a block a, a wall on anything you brought up on your favorite brand in the whole wide world uh, oh wow okay so you're admitting this to the public so the public should know that um you sanj have been blocking further seiko coverage yes yes and why again it what, just got a bit much pettiness just got a bit much it got a bit much <laughs> look I, it's it's a lot of people's favorite brand I love the like, brand. I'm not the only one who loves Seiko. I love Seiko. It's it's nothing. It's it's you professing your love for Seiko. It's a bit much. It's getting old. But nevertheless, I kind of went under the radar, went behind your back, and I'm going to talk about the new Seiko Shogun. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> if you know, if where's that Kill Bill song? I wish we could do sound effects. You know when. Uh, like you know it's like a shocking oh you know what i'm talking about (laughs) i can't believe after all the freaking nonsense thrown at me (laughs) that you are now talking about seiko all right so there's two reasons what are we talking about what seiko released there's two reasons why i did this first was i found the watches to me personally attractive and two kind of wanting to backstab you and talking about seiko <laughs> some some right, say both it's a little bit of a and more of b or 50 50 but you know i'll keep that to your judgment um <laughs> so the ones i'm going to talk about is seiko shogun it, it so we know you know you have the samurais the turtles and all that so there's the shogun which is for the first time going to be sold outside of japan as well so it's going to I didn't realize that the Shogun was originally a JDM. Release. Yeah, it, apparently it was. It came out in around 2010, which was the SBDC 007, but it was never okay. released outside of Japan. Interesting. Um, so that discontinued, I believe, a couple of years ago. But now I guess Seiko has decided to bring it back, and you know, not just for Japan, but for the rest of the world. And yeah. the only way I knew about this was through Instagram. You know, like I, I subscribe to, or you know, with our Instagram page, we subscribe to Seiko USA, and it popped up. I'm like, wow, this is very attractive. Um, so I wanted to bring it up in this uh, short and get your feedback. Um, the thing was that it was actually not a brand new release. It, it actually was released in November 2020, and maybe it's me just putting the. Uh, the the wall uh, the, the censorship on your on your Seiko releases, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's coming in two flavors. Uh, so you have the Seiko SPD one eight nine J one and the one nine one J one, and the, the only difference is the way it's appearing. Um, 
and and the options that you come that comes with it. So, the unique thing about the Shogun is. Wait, what's the one eight nine? So I was gonna come to that a little bit later, but I'll bring it up now. So the one eight nine is the uh, the black tile, and the one nine one is the okay. white tile. Okay. And what's going on with the bezel here? There's there's two colors. Yes, that's the unique thing. So it's deliberate. Um, and before I talk a little bit about the bezel, um, the watch does is is constructed the case, as well as the bezel, and I believe as well as the bezel insert out of titanium. Ooh. So it is two titanium watches. Actually, we should have changed the title of this episode to something about titanium. Loco for titanium? <laughs> no, it no. doesn't work. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Um, keep in mind to listeners out there, this was just complete fluke that we just released, you know, talking about titanium watches here. Um, but it makes the watch really light. I think it's around 120 something grams. I think the, the, the King yeah. Turtle or the equivalent one nearest to it, it by Seiko is like over 200 grams because it's stainless steel. So it is very light. Yeah. Um, it is a little bit on the larger size, though. It is 43 and a half millimeters. So it wears a little bit big. Uh, yeah. But it, the, the watch itself, it's, it's mostly brushed. It's not like bee blasted like the, the Leiko that you covered. But it, there's a lot of brushed... Um, finishing instead of polished finishing um and it it has some of the features of like say some of the other seikos if you look at the lugs tommy it does look capture yeah. a bit of the samurai look um yes i agree very pronounced angular uh industrial looking lugs yes. um so and then you know the, if you look at the hour and minute has it's got like that look of your uh, marine master 200 a little bit a little bit, right? No, no, actually, no. I think a little back. bit. The minute hand yeah. is different, and actually, the arrow, the hour arrow is different. Yeah, no, well. I, the, it's fatter for the. You're right. You're right. Yeah, well, now that I think about. It. But the cool thing is, it has the shovel seconds. Yes, and that's something recent that Seiko is kind of putting out there, right? This shovel. Yeah, they're they're doing that in the stoplight seconds hand. I just have the needle with the lollipop uh, right. counterweight. So, um, so. Yeah, I mean, this is completely made in titanium. Um, the cool thing is, so depending what you get, so the 189 is the black dial. The insert is a little bit more, like it comes in two colors. So like if you go from the 0 to 50 minute, it's, it comes in black and white. And then the rest of it from the 189, it's got like this bronzy titanium-ish. Like if you were to shine like sunset on titanium, it's got this like very unique color that comes with it, this shiny. I, yeah. I like that. I like that. And then on the white one, the 191, it's a bit more um, monochromic or, you know, grayscale, where it's like, you know, 0 to 15 minutes is in um, the black and white, and the rest is in this dark gray um, and, and scale. So it's a bit more, less less colorful, let's just say. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, this is actually a very well put together watch. So... It's got sapphire crystal instead of, like, say, the Seiko Hardlux. Um, yeah. And it's got, you might find it a little bit controversial or a little bit off-putting, the Cyclops eye at the 3 o'clock, which highlights the date. Yeah, that's, um, I'm not a Cyclops fan, to be honest. I, I find that just kind of difficult. But, but okay, so. Whatever. It's not a yeah, deal breaker. To me, it's not a deal breaker, but going back to the Cyclops eye, is it because, like, it's just so synonymous with Rolex? 
no, I don't really care about that. And we need to stop making everything like a Rolex feature because Rolex also does it. So to hell with that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it. I just find it distracting. It it, it kind of messes up the the symmetry of the watch. I guess, right? yeah. So if you look back to the SPD double zero, SPD C double zero seven, it didn't have that. Yeah. Um, so if you compare that to the new one, there's some differences. So like the markers, um, before you know, at apart from the twelve nine and six o'clock, the rest of the markers were in circular, and they were applied like the the, the current ones that I'm talking about. But and but the new ones is a bit more angular, like very triangular, you know, like a tip of the blade. Well, they have the the monsterish yeah. kind of minute markers. They have the claws or the teeth or whatever they used to call it. I personally am not a huge fan. Yeah, of that. you're not. This I'm not. Yeah, it's one of the issues I had with the monster. I, I don't really like that kind of markers. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. This. Yeah. Is... That. That's. That's what you know. I I couldn't put my finger on it, but now that you mention it, that that's kind yeah. of the problem. <laughs> I mean, I do like the 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 very unique kind of twelve, like the the marker. But that's 12, similar right? to like it's, our that's... our you know samurai ones, right? The twelve. It's a little bit like that. Uh, I think so. Yeah, I I have to look for memory. I don't have it in front of me, but yeah. Yeah, so what what are we saying here? Are you a fan I'm a of big this? fan. So this is where it gets a little bit, to me, a little bit more controversial, okay? So the 189, the blacked out one, is coming with a titanium bracelet. The white dial one, the 191, okay. comes with a strap. It cannot get the bracelet because oh. I personally would like the 191. Gotcha. Uh, so do you want to know the price? Yeah, throw me the so price. So 1550 euro for the black. Uh, so the 189 mm. and 1350 for the white one. Okay. Well, I mean, just so you know, like Seiko will do the limitation on, like, for example, like the, the Marine Master 200 in blue mm-hmm. that I have comes in steel. It, it came in steel, but it's actually typically only sold with a strap. Okay. But like, I think for, uh, I think it was Noman Watches who got a limited edition on steel. And that's the one that I have. So like, they, they will make these restrictions, but like, they will the steel in some cases. I'm, I'm sure they'll make exceptions, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So, and you can get an aftermarket one if that really bothers you. Uh, because it would bother me. I feel like if I'm spending over a grand on a watch, I want, I want mm-hmm. one. you know? You know, you know, you know my feelings about that. I do. It's funny because you covered a watch which just had a leather strap with. And that—that's my issue with Fliegers in yeah. general. It's like I—I <laughs> I don't really like those leather straps. They're just thick and kind of—I find them a bit cumbersome. They're not really my style. Um. So yeah, but hey, I—I I like this. I—I I think it—it it brings something different to the Seiko Diver uh, kind right. of stable. It kind of stands up in its own. I definitely would take the black over yeah. the white dial. Uh, so I'll take the opposite of you. Um, but yeah, you know, it's the markers. It's the Cyclops. It's not exactly my thing. Interesting. Um, so that's why, that's why I didn't elect to cover it or go crazy when, when it came out. I think it's cool that it's non-JDM. Um, 
which is pretty sick. I'm kind of surprised. You know, you would take anything, Seiko. You know, maybe I'm not a simpleton like you, you think I am. But maybe I'm a lot more sophisticated than you can make credit for. Possibly, but I gave you a very sophisticated Seiko watch, and you shot it down. <laughs> okay, so okay, so you you don't like several of its features, but let's take a step back. As a watch and the capabilities of a watch for the price that it's they're selling at, um, I think it's a very good uh, deal. I mean, you're getting a titanium watch for under two grand. Um. Yeah. Okay. What's the plus here? It, it's it, it's, lighter it's lighter, and it's more scratch resistant and smashing resistant. It's stronger. Metal. I mean, it's the strength to weight ratio is extremely high. It's it's, but I mean, it's harder to yeah. manufacture. That's for sure. Yeah. No. I mean, I, I appreciate all those things. I, you know, for my money, I would go Marine Master Two Hundred. I I like that that black and white updated Marine Master Two Hundred right. that came out. You know what I'm talking about, right? With which is like hues a little bit closer to the Marine Master 300, like right, 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 right. Yeah, so if that's for about the same amount of money as this, that's what I would do. Now, you're the Marine Master 200. Are you do you know the movement that's in that? Is that the so this one comes up with the Seiko 6R35, um, which has a 70 hour power reserve? Uh, it's it's definitely 6R. I need to know if it's 35 or 15 because mine is now getting a bit older. It's like two mm -hmm. years old now. So, uh, six or okay, 15. So I think that is similar to the 35. Yeah. 35 is an evolution. Of the yeah. 6R 15. Yeah. I think the 15 only had a 50 hour maybe power reserve. This one has what? So pretty impressive. 70 yeah. hours. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's not nothing. That's definitely a you know a step up, um, yeah you know whatever sure. <laughs> Thanks for covering it. All right, so <laughs> to the listeners out there, um, this might be the first time that you might get a, a bit more muted response from Tommy on a Seiko. I, I've tried. <laughs> I wanted to surprise you here. You know. You know what's funny? I uh, I was watching earlier today Air Force One. Okay, great movie, and. I want to know what watch Harrison Ford is wearing in that movie. It looks like an Omega bracelet, but I didn't see the gotcha. style. I want so, to know who did the this is your uh, homework. The visual this effects is... at the very end when the plane crashes. Bad, right? They haven't yeah, it, that even when I first saw it, you know, just like a year after it came out or so, I I, I was like shocked at how bad that plane crash was. <laughs> You know, I see some of the, the crash sequence at the airport. They use miniatures for that. And I think they did a really good some job. Some scenes were that. nice. Like, you know, right. the, 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 the dog fighting scene and things like that. That was good. Yes, 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 yes. I remember. With the, um, yes. the F-15s and the MiG-29s, if yeah. I remember right, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's I, I know you got all patriotic yeah, look, I mean, with the F-15s, you know, when they, you know, they got rid of the drop tanks and went into afterburners. Yes. Well, there's that one pilot who sacrifices his own plane to yes. block a missile, which, you know, the speed of a missile traveling at a target, how the hell is a plane going to come in and block? It's like, I don't think that's possible. I mean, it is an action movie. It's a movie. I mean, it's a movie. 
I mean, Harrison Ford can do it. He, he apparently can. He can. He can protect his. He life. can diffuse or you know trick the plane into uh, releasing fuel by cutting the right wire at the right time. You know. You know what's interesting? I was just thinking, and this is politics aside, so don't don't message me and complain. But uh, you know, the movie yes. came out in '97. Harrison Ford's character is a young president who's taking a strong foreign policy and he's an ex-fighter yes. pilot, right? It's George W. Bush. Yeah, George you're w. Right. Bush. Yeah, he did. Uh, ex-fighter pilot. He was relatively young that when he true. became president and he had a very muscular foreign policy. So I was pretty interesting. I was like, huh, not exactly who, <laughs> who I had in mind thinking about Air Force One, but yeah, I guess... I guess the shoe fits. Because you know? President Bush was in the Navy, right? When he flew, was it the Navy? W or HW? Uh, the senior. Senior yes. was a Navy pilot. Yeah, he flew yes. an Avenger, and he got shot down. Yeah. Uh, w was an Air National mm. pilot. I think he flew a 105, but I'm not sure. I don't know actually. Actually, I can find out right now. Huh. Uh, he never got deployed right. or anything. But, uh, but no, I mean, I he did I mean, defend. I know we're going off track here, Mexico, but that is a good movie. So. It's entertaining. Um, yeah, it's entertaining. He, he flew an F one hundred two. Gotcha. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, if you were, if Delta Dagger, I I love that plane. By the way, I just love the shape of it. Yeah, it it's very you know. Stereotypically, yes, cold it, war it cool. is Cold War cool. Sharp interceptor sharp, uh, angles and interceptor. There was the F one hundred six as well, right? Which was the Delta yes, I think that is the successor. And I think I'm not sure if it's the one hundred two or the one hundred six. Um, but the one of them, I may still have the record for the fastest single engined by a um, jet powered jet jet powered. Yeah. Really? Interesting. I didn't know that. Did not know that. Okay, cool. Um, but All yeah. right. That's our little, that's yeah, our little detour. detour. So, or, yeah, or if Tommy you know... Tommy aspires to be the general in, in, in Air Force One. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Wait, who's uh, the, the bad guy. The main guy who they try to... Son of a gun. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? Um... Yeah, so if you know what Harrison Ford is wearing in that movie, let you know us what? Know. I'm gonna try um, and I'm gonna watch it again, and then I'm gonna see if I can figure it out. Yeah, I couldn't tell. I was looking at the side of the bracelet; it looked like a Seamaster bracelet to me, but I, I don't think so. I think it had a white dial, so yeah. I don't think it makes any sense. But whatever. It's 1997, so keep that in mind when you look at the movie and try to figure out the watch. Uh, moving yeah, on sure. to closing notes. All right, so my closing notes this time is actually a sequel to one of our favorite things that came out, uh, which is the Apollo 11 documentary that uh, you know was released in IMAX, uh, I think, a year ago. Right? Yes. And it was using the wide-angle 70-millimeter lost footage of the Apollo 11 mission. Which yeah, it may have been actually fantastic. two years ago. Amazing. I mean, maybe, maybe it was two years ago, yeah, for the 50th yeah. anniversary, right? Um, but yeah, it's an amazing movie. If you haven't seen Apollo 11, please go watch it. It's fantastic. Anyway, this is the sequel to it. They found more footage and it's dealing with the Apollo 11 uh, quarantine. So when the 
astronauts reach back to Earth. Uh, you know, this is the first terrestrial landing, and you know, in a different you know body. Uh, so, celestial landing. Sorry, not terrestrial. Um, so they had no idea if they're going to bring back germs and you know kill the human race, or I guess it would be like a a spawn situation from Spider-Man. You know, when the astronauts come back and they bring back an evil alien. Um, so yeah, the the crew was put into basically a, a quarantine for I think it was twenty one days. Wow, twenty one days. So That's... yeah, so can you imagine? Like you you do this fantastic feat. You're the most famous people in the world, and you have to spend the next couple of weeks like. <laughs> I mean, if they were to do it in today's people. world, I think they can. They'll understand. Yes, but I mean, twenty one yeah. days—that's insane. So yeah, it's crazy. Uh, Neil Armstrong's birthday was held in quarantine, so pretty pretty wild. Um, but yeah, so I you know haven't seen it yet. The trailer's out. It's coming out on IMAX fairly soon. So obviously, if uh, you know it's safe and you want to do it, go see it. Definitely go see it in IMAX. Uh, if not, I'm sure it'll come out on Blu-ray, and we'll we'll definitely check it out. So yeah, check it out. I, I'll put the trailer in the show notes. Awesome. No, no, it's anything Apollo related. You know, gets me all excited. So looking forward to um, checking that out. Even if it's not really part of the mission, if you get what I'm saying, it's like this is the, the ending, you know, like quarantining. Yeah, yeah. So I, I kind of wonder what, what, you know, what they were up to and how that was. So I think it's very fitting given, you know, we're all kind of... In yeah, that's what right I was now. referring to. And like so what happened in today's society, can... it would have been not so crazy. Yeah, so maybe you can draw some inspiration from what they had to go through, you know, so... Um, cool. So right, what one I have is from Jalopnik, and it's about our favorite racing driver, Ayrton Senna, and how he helped Sega make Senna. a better F1 game. So back in the wow. okay. early 90s and 80s, um, or late 80s, um, Sega was making this thing, series called a Super Monaco GP. Um, and it was a bit of a success, actually. Um, but when they wanted to release... I think Super Monaco Grand Prix 2, uh, they, they had uh, asked Ayrton Senna to kind of help and, and not just promote it, but provide some input. And, you know, he was, it sounded like he was more than willing to. Uh, he gave some feedback on um, how the car handled and reacted. And, uh, you know, you have to understand this is not like, you know, 3D simulation, Gran Turismo era graphics. You know, this was basically... 2D, meant to look like 3D, primitive Sega Genesis, 16-bit, you know, games. But yeah. um, the fact of the matter is, it was cool to see that, you know, Senna even had a hand in, 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 uh, in a racing game back in the day. And you have to understand the yeah. whole, I guess, the, the background of it as, you know, this is when Honda was powering McLaren and they were basically winning. And, uh, you know, you have Senna as well. So he was a bit of, he's a global superstar, but also, you know, revered in a sense in Japan. So. And he had a, he had a winning track record in Japan. Yeah, itself. yeah, for sure. I mean, he won his first championship in, I think he, all the titles were decided in Japan. Yeah, 88, Japan, he won it. Yeah, yeah. it was like every time. 88, yeah. he won it flat <laughs> out. Uh, and then, you yeah. know, 89, that was the, uh, the, the crash with Prost. 90-90, he won it by crashing into Prost. And then 90... <laughs> Allegedly. How dare you? How uh, no, dare no. You he say? actually admitted it. Uh, the year after. 
<laughs> and then 91, he won in Japan because Mansell crushed. So perfect. And, you know, Honda as well. So, so the, the connection, yeah. to, you know, was through Tech Toy, which was a Brazilian importer of Sega products. And they asked Sega if they would mm. work at the time, the two, two time world champion. So, pretty That's cool. Awesome. I mean, I, I never knew about this until Very I read cool. about it. So, worth a quick read. It's not that long. So, and there's <laughs> even a commercial that they link Great. up that Great. shows the. Uh, Super Monaco GP2 Japanese commercial. <laughs> nice. That's crazy. That's very cool. I mean, yeah. I mean, he, he also had a had a play, you know, had a, had a part to play in the development yes, of the NSX. He did. Yeah, That's I mean, another, co- another Japanese company that asked for his input. He was... Uh, yeah, I think he it. would have wanted... I think... I, I, I mean, the listeners and whoever can correct me on this, but I think he asked for a bit more chassis stiffness and a bit... Oh, set up on the suspension side um, but yeah he did have a hand in it if you haven't seen the famous footage of him test driving the nsx you should he's wearing basically loafers and white socks and it's like a it's basically a, a split screen yes and you can see his footwork i believe that was the first time it's so hilarious. that footage that you know it's kind of famous I yeah. think that was literally the first time he he was driving that car. It's like him just driving in, <laughs> and he's already going flat out. Um, but whoa, whoa. It, it, what what it whoa, shows whoa. is his unique racing style. So Senna was known for yeah. just blipping the throttle during a corner, um, and like yeah. if you see his footwork through a corner, it's very unusual. You you know mid corner just like tapping the throttle very quickly. Um, and yeah. uh yeah you see him doing that in asx and um, people wondered why he did that it could have been you know some say it was you know he developed it from the turbo era where to keep the engine on boost but some say you know some say have said that he used, he just you know had this this unique trait that he developed since his go-karting days and you know it was just built into his the way he drives so no one knows i think the true reason why he had that that unique uh, throttle response or throttle input yeah. say. well that's one of the things that i don't know kind of gave him an edge right or it was kind of unique yeah, it, his, it was uh, I, i've never heard of any racing driver that's done that great all right well i think i think we covered most of yeah we covered it yeah we covered a watch that you know we all liked and then you cover you covered a watch that controversially in my in my books controversially that you were not a fan of <laughs> yeah we went on the Shocker. detour completely I know. I talking know. about your most favorite act favorite actor harrison ford no pot so let's do this let's make this pack right now all right i can step off the seiko that's fine i can i can somehow make do but every episode should have okay harrison we're bringing ford back the seiko <laughs> <laughs> all right you made your choice this this was right? you, you 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 put me against the corner here you you had a gun you brought a gun get off my plane all right? get off my plane all right well thanks again for joining us for another land jam short uh as always we appreciate you listening uh please like and subscribe wherever you're getting this if you're getting this on iTunes, please, please consider reviewing us and giving us a rating. 